I'm Andy Scarantino, and this is View from the Roof, formerly known as the Get the Fuck Off Podcast. Every week, I'm going to be bringing you bits of goodness to not only help you get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore, but also to get you to think deeper and wake up to the world around you. My mission over the last three years has been to make personal development digestible for those who are ready, but they maybe don't want to speak in a soft, whispery voice or sit in the lotus. Through sharing story and interviewing cool people who are important to me, I hope you'll be able to see the world in a new way. You don't have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and all of this is quite the journey. I'm really excited to have you on that journey with me. Welcome to my View from the Roof. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of View from the Roof, formerly known as the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I'm trying to figure out how many more times I have to say that until the the change has solidified in people's minds. Um, That was an aside. I am talking kind of to you all listening and to my guest. I have a guest today, Alicia Lyons. I'm so excited to have her here. Alicia is a longtime friend of mine now. I mean, in the the space of personal development, she's one of the earliest people that I met. Um, She does a lot of awesome work with moms. She was formerly the mom support coach, but now she is doing some new work um, in uh, raising enlightened children. And I'm really excited to hear about it today, Alicia. Um, She's been doing some really awesome stuff over the last couple of years, and it's been cool to watch the journey. So, Alicia, I would love for you to introduce yourself Tell us who you are. Tell us about your work and tell us who you are and about your work. (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, Well, I'm Alicia Lyons. Um, I am a mom of an 11 year old um, who keeps me on my toes in the best possible way. Sometimes he keeps me on a trampoline. Um, And uh, I am the um, co-director of Raising Enlightened Children. Now um, my uh, friend and partner, Melanie, um got together decided this work is so much better when i combine what i've been doing with moms and and what she's been doing with parents and um and and that's where we are and you know what what i noticed i've been working with moms on their on their guilt um for many many years and um <clears throat> and then my voice is going to go away um so I've been working with moms for, for on helping their guilt for many years. And uh, what I kind of realized or what was happening is a lot of moms were asking me for parenting advice and parenting tips and parenting sc- skills. And, you know, I, I know, I know how to parent my son, but I didn't feel like I had the tools to tell you how to parent your child. Um, and so when I met Melanie, uh, she's been a parent educator for 20 years and I was like, let's do this together so we can teach them the skills and then we can coach them on whatever they're feeling bad about. And, mm. and, and we can be a powerhouse together. And, um, and it's been a lot of fun. And like, I feel like I've, I'm a, a car that's been um, with, that's had the emergency brake on for many years, but I've been full pedal, full throttle, right? Like, pressing down on the gas as, as hard as it goes, I don't do cars, but (laughs) you know, and, and it's, I've just been revving for 
however many years. And now like this, this partnership, like I'm ready to release the brakes and Melanie's not quite there yet. So I'm like, okay, I got to like slowly let's, let's let let the the pedal. You know, it's interesting about that because you got the gas full throttle, you got the e-brake on. I'm thinking about that. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about that because it might not be terrible to have that break on right now for where we are in this uh, in this conversation because you are actually the first person that's been on this podcast in the almost three years that it has existed um, to to talk about or even to bring up uh, mom guilt. So before we take off the breaks, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about that and the work that you'd been doing, and then we can move into the the evolution. Yeah, I'm going to actually, I'll tell a little story of, about um, what ha- what happened in the car, in the car this morning. Um, you know, my son, nowadays, they kids are carrying water bottles because during COVID, they weren't allowed to use the drinking fountain. So you had to bring your own water. And so we've been doing that, you know, since school went, got back into session. And, and this month, he's lost two of those bottles. And, you know, they're not 50 cents and you know they're they're 15 to 20 dollars a piece again that's not breaking the bank but i'm i'm conscious of like i don't want to just throw them away or lose them like be careless about them um and i i mentioned it the way that i'm talking right now like this is how i said it to my son and he just went in on himself about how he lost $30 already and he's not allowed to bring water to school anymore because he doesn't want to lose anymore. And I was like, well, I really don't care as much about, you know, losing the bottle as I do about you being hydrated. And so like, I would rather you take a bottle to school. I would just prefer that you don't lose it. And when I was a kid, I used to lose things all the time. And my, like my mom used to buy me new jackets and then I lost multiple (laughs) in a row and jackets aren't cheap either. And so she started buying them from the Goodwill. And I was like, and I told my son that, and it's like, moms make, moms adjust (laughs) (laughs) to whatever their budget is. Moms adjust. We give you what you need, but we're going to adjust for, for a budget. Anyway, ultimately I, I said to him, you know, you have a really kind heart. Don't beat it up with guilt. Mm -hmm. And as moms, we have this idea about what we, (laughs) what we think our parenting journey is supposed to look like. And inevitably, inevitably, when it doesn't look like that, it we feel guilty about it. So moms will feel guilty because they envision themselves as a stay at home mom and they have to work or they envision themselves working, but thought that the right thing to do air quotes is to stay at home with your kids and they're miserable. And because they're miserable, they're yelling more. And then the yelling makes them feel guilty. And so, um, And then the guilt makes you feel worse, which leads to more behaviors that, that make you feel guilty. So it's amplify the guilt. Yeah. 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 And there's no, there's no out. 
like I, I make the joke that they hand you a baby and then they hand you a sack of guilt. And, and it's not that simple, but it, it, that is what it feels like. I wrote before I was in this work at all. I wrote, my son was three weeks old, maybe. And I said, Oh, now I understand mom guilt on Facebook. That early. That early. That early. Was it you that said to me, was it you? I almost want to say it was either you or one other human that when I think of moms, um, I think of the two of you as, as, what do I want to say? I guess the pinnacle of awareness, you know, when it comes to like the awareness is a good word in the process of raising your kids and just being great moms and, and being intentional about being great moms. But it was either you or this other, it might've been you um, that (laughs) said, if, if you don't have the guilt or if you don't feel like you're not doing a great job, those are the people that usually are not doing a great job. (laughs) Like the people that don't care. And I don't remember if it was you, but somebody said that that to me once the fact that you care this much means you're doing a good job because there are, I, 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 I said something along those lines. Yeah. The fact that you care this much about how air quotes bad you're doing it, it's evidence that you are a good mom because really bad moms, they don't know how bad they are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could think about that though. I mean, and, and for whatever reason, you know, whether it be survival or whether it be, you know, and it's usually that it's usually working, like being tied up in, in their own issue. At least that's what I can imagine. Tell me about your journey into getting into this specific work. I know a little bit about it, but for the listeners into how you shifted from living in that guilt to having agency, taking, taking control of it, moving into that space. Yeah, so there was a specific event. I mean, there's lots of of little things that that happened, but there's a specific event that I felt incredibly guilty about, um, where I left my son with a babysitter, and then he was she, the babysitter, she was inappropriate with him, and you know, I did all of the things that that a good mom does in that situation. I called child protective services because, in my worldview, a 13 year old girl doesn't do those things to a a little boy unless it's been done to her like that's behavior she's imitating um and she's 13 so I called child protective services um with that I made it I filed a police report um and really nothing happened because they denied it and then I never spoke to them again and it was it was there was there was no justice as far as I was concerned. Mm. And so I, I stuffed that away in, um, you know, my file of things to feel bad about. And, and I, and I honestly, I forgot consciously about like, it would come up every once in a while. And every time it came up, I would get very agitated and irritated. And even one time I considered it irrationally angry um, because I went to a doctor's appointment and it was, um, and I brought it up at the doctor's appointment and they wanted to go through the whole process again of CPS and, and police report. And I walked out because, and that's not me. Like I, 
I'm, I'm the rule follower. I like, if somebody is expecting me to stay, I'm going to stay. Right. 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 (laughs) And so I walked out and I was getting coaching at the time. And I texted my coach and I said, Oh, I think I might feel guilty about something. (laughs) That's the text I sent. That's it. And it's such an innocuous, I think you might feel guilty about that. It's it's kind of, it's kind of like the realization I made when I uh, figured out I had an alcohol use disorder. I think I might be an alcoholic. And, it, and just like, so not like, so nonchalant, right? I think I might have guilt about the fact that my, that I had to call child protective services and not yeah. that you had to do that, but that you, that you had an sure. event that, that had such, such a an, an, uh, magnitude to it that you hadn't, processed and then just right. that and that subtlety of I think yeah so your yeah. coach and yeah so I was on my way to our five-day program and um and in the five-day program they usually pick someone to demo uh the guilt and shame tool that we use and um and she I remember and she was leading it this time and the she asked everybody to raise their hand if they have something they feel guilty about. And every single person in the room, except for me, raised their hand. Get out. Because I'd already, I'd already shoved it down again. And so, so quick. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it was a couple days later, but yeah, I'd already shoved it back down. I had no, I didn't rec- recall, um, recall what happened. And then people started, you know, saying what they felt guilty about. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did have something. What was it? Oh, yeah, I let someone hurt my son, is what I said. Because I wanted to be picked. (laughs) And I knew that in, like, I had to be, like, in the emotion to to be picked. And I, I... I needed, like, I needed to connect to it. Like, what was it that I did wrong? Oh, I let someone hurt my son. Mm-hmm. and um and so she walked me through this process and within 30 minutes it was like 50 pounds of um guilt <laughs> but 50 pounds of just shackles on top of my shoulders like I always imagine um from the Christmas Carol the Marley's ghost with all of his um with all of his chains you know, mm-hmm. you've seen the movie and like, that's the heaviness that I imagine that that feels like. That's what the guilt feels like. Mm. Yeah. And just and the feeling of it and the, and that, you know, you and I do similar work in that, you know, we, we really understand like the feeling of these things in your body and like where you're carrying it. And I think so many people try to make it an intellectual affair and thinking about, uh, can I think my way? I can't, can't think your way to a breakthrough. You know, you can't think your way out of guilt. You can't. So that tool, do you use that tool a lot with your clients? I do. Um, it's, I don't know that it's my favorite, but, but I, I feel like it's, it's, the, it's so powerful. I was going to say it's the most powerful. There's pretty powerful tools, but it's, it's so powerful in, in releasing guilt. And I had a client um, that was feeling guilty about her mom passing because she was the caretaker to her mom. And she was saying, well, a good daughter doesn't, um, or a good daughter exercises with her mom and a good daughter um, hears her mom when she falls and is calling for her. And, and the example she was giving just in my head, I was like, 
she actually believes that she killed her mom. And that's what's heavy. That's what's weighing on her is she actually feels like she's responsible. And I said, you know, I'm, I want to offer something. I don't believe that it's true, but I just want to see how this feels that a good daughter doesn't kill her mom. And she just like, she's on the phone, but I just imagine, you know, her whole body just melting and she, the, noise that she made was oh yes and yeah, it's like, we're, always, we're hiding we hide yeah like what's the like what's the truth i love that question about what's the truth because we do hide and i think that that's what's so powerful about coaching is that a coach will just say like what are you not saying what are you not saying? What is that thing that you are not saying that you're dancing around that you've said everything except that thing that you haven't said? And it's and that's the thing that that has us like by the balls has us, you know, you know, me and my masculine, you know, that's how I'm into that. But <laughs> I but it it does. So. It's cool. It's really cool. So tell me about what would you say besides guilt is the most present um, problem that you see with the moms that you work with or the things that they seem to feel stuck in or that they can't change or they, they want to shift out of. I mean, besides guilt, it, it, it goes back to the parenting tools. And because we don't like, we have this human in front of us that's expressing emotion. This is usually the problem. The human, this little human in front of us is expressing their emotions and we haven't been allowed to express our emotions. Mm. And so we default to stop expressing your emotions. I feel uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't out that way it comes out in spanking it comes out in yelling it comes out in go to your room it comes out in um you're grounded you know and all that children are communicate all that children's misbehavior is communicating is that they they don't know how they're supposed to behave yet. And it's our job to, um, to teach them essentially, mm-hmm. you know, there was one time that um, my son, I, I asked him a question and he snapped back at me with the answer. And I was like, that was the f- first time I want to say that he talked to me that way. And mm-hmm. it was actually like, you don't normally talk to me that way. What's going on? Like it was a genuine curiosity where the me from 10 years ago who hadn't processed a lot of my internal stuff would have said, don't you talk to me like that? But because I responded the way that I responded, I actually learned that his feelings got hurt earlier and that he you know, had some things he wanted to express and I gave him the space to do so. And it was like, 
it was such a profound moment for me because if I talked to any of my parents that way, that's the reaction I would have gotten. Right. I love that you bring this up and in the way that you brought it up. And because you said after we talked about the guilt, you said that they usually want the parenting tools. And then you moved into this, hey, we have this small human that is expressing emotion. And you talked about your own inner work and your own ability to process your emotions. I remember being young and I would be emoting and I had the punishment, the spanking, the go to your room, the we're going to take away your privileges. We're going to do all of these things. And I had a lot of emotions flying around, still do, and didn't learn how to really process those until my mid thirties, until I stopped drinking alcohol. And it's not even like it was the alcohol. It was just about like, oh, I became an adult. And then that's what I used to manage the emotion that was coming up. So I don't want to take us off track. I just put that as an aside, but I think what I talk about a lot is this idea that we got to get away from this whole, tell me what to do. Like, tell me what to do. Tell me how to parent my kid. It's like, I, I can't tell you that. Right. Um, do inner work, do inner work yeah. because you can't, you can't, people don't want to hear it, but like, you can't lead anyone if you can't lead yourself. Right. What are some of the things and, that you've had to, to, and you can go ahead and, and, and say your thought, but I wanted to ask, you know, after the, after that, if you could share maybe some of the things that you've had to work through to be able to see with that kind of clarity. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is just the sign on the door that I had for, for so many years was come heal your trauma to be a better parent. Mm. And people weren't signing up for that. Um, but oh, they wow. are signing up for, right. <laughs> uh, they are <laughs> signing up for, you know, and, and it could be what you brought up this morning while we were talking on, on Marco Polo, um, shameless plug for the app, right? <laughs> shameless plug. We talk on Marco Polo, which I yeah, informed Alicia was a, a West coast thing. Cause very few East coast people. So if you're East coast and you're listening, Marco Polo is great. Anyway, sorry. Uh, but I think that it's more of a function of the online world is saturated and um, what Melanie and I are doing is, is in person where I'm, we're branching out onto, to, um, to the virtual world as well. Um, but we're establishing ourselves in person because there are people locally that, that, are asking for help and we have tools, but the side on the door is learn these parenting tools and inside it's, it's do the inner work because the inner work is essential. The better person that I became, the better parent I became. That's why I don't have the tools like, because I just started parenting from my heart hmm. and I know my kid. And I know, I know myself and I've, and I, and I ask questions and these are the combination of those is how I've been parenting my son. Um, and I'll tell you a quote that pretty much sums up what I've had to heal is parenting is mostly about teaching the next generation while forgiving the past mm. generation and um yeah you know really 
I was actually thinking about it this morning. I have a friend that um, I haven't talked to her in, in a lot of years because um, I had a story in my head that she was mad at me. Um, and I'm seeing her tomorrow for the first time in probably 15 years. Um, and I thought, you know, her relationship with her dad is really solidified that my relationship with my dad was wrong and wasn't what I, like, I wanted the relationship she had with her dad. Yeah. And I wasn't getting that. And so I built all kinds of stories around that. Kind of like you talked about in the beginning of the podcast about your relationship with your kids and you think it's going to be a certain way or you think that that's going to look a certain <laughs> way and then it doesn't. And, and I, I, it happens in that way where you look at it and, and we only can see it from our own lack standpoint. So for all of the things, like when I was young, I wanted uh, my parents to have more financial resources, which my mom was young. I was 22 years old. I mean, you know, like there was just, I mean, and she's done well for herself. Like she is still young and is, is, has a great job, but like, I want, what did I want at that to be microwaved? Like, I mean, I, but I didn't see the, the blessings. I only saw the drawbacks to having a youthful parent, to having a parent that has energy that, that can relate to me because they're closer to me in age. Like that isn't, um, on the way out, practically silent generation, you know, like I, it was, it was a blessing, but we only see like, oh, my father doesn't emote this way. That person's father emotes this way. That person's father could be a drug addict who beats them. I mean, that person's father, I mean, I'm not saying that's your friend's, your friend's case, but like, we don't know. Like you don't, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I'm sure that he wasn't, but you don't, we don't really know exactly what's going on in those, in those homes. We just love to put ourselves in, in those situations where we compare and, yeah. Um, well, I was going to, as you were talking, I'm sorry that I, back to your inner work. So there were things that you needed to heal and um, thinking about your relationship with your, I know that your relationship with your dad was, was one. Um, were there any of that really stood out like that, that you saw coming up with your son more than others? Um, yes. So my dad was, um, my dad would, would, wasn't a very good teacher. <laughs> mm. um, so like when I was riding a bike or when he was teaching me to ride the bike, ride a bike, I had my, um, training wheels on and then he took one of the training wheels off. And so when he took the training wheel off, I don't, I don't have a cognizant understanding of why I leaned the way that I did, yeah. or I leaned the way of the training wheel where the, there was none. So I fell over and scraped my knee and probably, I, I remember I probably cried and his response was, well, why'd you lean that way? I, I didn't know not to. <laughs> Like, you know, like it didn't, I didn't think about it. I just, I didn't know what, I didn't know not to. Um, and 
so that's what I mean by he wasn't a very good teacher. Um, probably like the most painful memory that I have was when I was four and my brothers were climbing to the top of the jungle gym and I followed them right up, you know, cause I was going to do everything they were going to do. And then they jumped off the top and I, and I was like, well, I, I'm not jumping. Like I'm going to break something if I jump, right. you know? And so I, I sat there and I cried until he came and rescued me. And he said, um, well, you got up there by yourself. How come you can't get down? Hmm. And there's so, I have so many lessons that I, that I learned that, or I, I made so many things mean stuff from that. Yeah. And that's the thing I struggle with my son the most when he like, when he wants me to teach him how to roller skate, I'm like, I mean, I've been roller skating since I was eight or younger and I have no conscious awareness of how I learned. So I have no idea how to teach you. Yeah. And I don't want to sit here and yell at you because you're not doing it right. Because that's my default is to yell at you because I don't know how to get you to do it. Right. 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 Thank God for YouTube because my son learned how to roller skate because we watch YouTube videos. YouTube University. That's what somebody that I I met through the internet uh, called it. She said, every morning I take a walk, I turn on YouTube University. And I'm like, that's so right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Mentioning the experiences that you had with your dad, you know, I've had clients that, that will say some things like we'll be in conversation and, you know, they'll identify or I'll have them identify where a feeling is, what it looks like, you know, color, temperature, you know, like as we do. Um, and was there a memory attached and they're like, yeah, it's just, it's so stupid. And I'll be like, no, that is the, that is the moment. That is the moment right there. When it happened, that's the moment. And you guys won't be able to see Alicia, but she's smiling because I want everybody to know that like, it it probably was a moment when you were four, like, or five or six. And you might think that it's just so insignificant the moment when you were on the top of the monkey bars jungle gym uh, the moment that you were learning to ride your bike no that was that was the moment like and and we start to build these walls we start telling stories about ourselves that young and so if you're experiencing guilt in any sort of way like or you're experiencing anger in your parenting or you're experiencing that's all protection that's all fear-based I mean we're not we don't get angry when we're acting out of love for our kids we get angry because we're afraid Alicia I want to hear about the evolution of your work with raising enlightened children so you'd been doing the coaching you've been working with with moms on their guilt inner work um neurotransformational coaching um, deep dive coaching one-on-one coaching. Have you done group? Did you ever do any group? Uh, we're going to have our first five-week course starting in October. And so that'll be group and in person. Way cool. So yes. I will definitely give you time at the end for a plug for that. Um, because I'm, I, I know that a lot of people 
um, listen that that might be experiencing some of these things. But let's talk about raising enlightened children. So tell me about the 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 two parts of like what both you and Melanie are are bringing into the in, into that and uh, how it's how it's going to work together. Yeah. So we are we're both master neurotransformational life coaches, which is the highest level of certification that you can get through Coach Sean Smith. Um, and, uh, she's, she's actually, she's graduated, but she's set to do her graduation, uh, on live or on, on online in, uh, in October. Um, and she's been in the parenting education world for 20 years. She has a uh, 21 year old twins and a 17 year old son. And, um, former deputy district attorney. And she saw just what happens from her judgment at the time. It was like, this is what happens when there's no connection with your, when you aren't connected to your kids and bad parenting. It was the, the story she made the up. The story. Right. Bed, right. Cause um, there's a huge connection between, you know, I'm a good parent and because my kid is doing X, Y, Z. So if our kid is not doing things that we think are good, uh, we believe that we are bad parents and, um, you know, they're, they're just humans, humaning and our, our job is to, to guide them, but they have their own brains and they make their own decisions and we can do the best that we can and they can still be fucked up. Like that's, that's the reality. Everybody's uh, fucked up though. You know, like right? everybody's fucked up. We got to get yeah. over that. Oh, I fucked up my kid. Everybody fucked up their kid. I sat in a room once in a group with these people that were like, I don't understand why I'm like this. I had such a happy childhood. It's like, yeah, that's why you developed into a people pleaser. Like it's, it's not, you know, it's not, everybody will get fucked up. It's just what, what brand of fucked up are you going to be? <laughs> that kind of thing. But, and uh, maybe that should be the title of our book is everybody fucks up their kids. Um, <laughs> they do everybody, but it's, it's really what I, what I, I don't know why I had this awareness so young or so early on in my parenting journey, but I was like, none of us get through life unscathed. And so yeah. we just have to do the best that we can. So that's how Melanie got into the, per- the child development world and COVID um, she's not uh, doesn't enjoy online stuff. And so COVID really, you know, um, took, took her out. (laughs) Um, and so she got into the neurotransformational world with us. Um, and so I was doing, you know, I was, I was coaching parents and, um, well, mom specifically. And I, I know that I work better with a partner. I love collaboration. Collaboration is my, is my jam. Like all my podcast episodes for four seasons were interviewing people because it's having a conversation is way better than talking to a camera (laughs) or talking to yourself, even though other people can, you know, other people are listening, but talking to yourself basically is how it feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just, I like partnership and, um, and when I, when she told me about parent education, I thought, this is it. This is the thing. This is my partner. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like this, this knowing that we, she and I could do amazing things together. And what I've realized is that a lot of the parenting tools she teaches, I do know, you know, I don't know all of them, but I've, I, I know a lot of them. And I was like, oh, I'm better. I was better than I thought I was, you know, (laughs) Um, but because I hadn't had formal training, I'm not a parent educator. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, isn't that interesting that we're just so conditioned that we need formal training? Like we need formal training to have to, to, for whatever reason. It's, it's really, it's really fascinating. So I love the, I just knew feeling that, that serendipity, that, that um, intuitive knowing is something that is to be paid attention to. And I, I, think the dynamic that the two of you have is wonderful and it balances so well um what is so tell me about tell me tell me what it looks like tell me what's in store for your five weeks tell me what projects you have coming up how is that showing up in the in the world and and what do you see the impact to be yeah so um the five-week course starts on the 19th of October, if that's a Thursday, um, and it's in it's in Los Angeles. Um, so if you're local to LA and uh, want to join the five-week course, um, do you have show notes or like? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put we'll put links links to everything. So for those yeah. of you who are listening, just check the notes, and you'll be able to get yeah. the links. Yeah, because we're, as as we mentioned, we're combining. And so the website that's active is alishalyons.com, but Raising Enlightened Children is also an active website. I just, there, I don't, I'm not a web designer and so I can't update it. So I have someone, I just found somebody that's updating um, the, the, she's building the website that reflects both Melanie and I together. And, mm. um, and will be that'll be released eventually when it's done. But at this point, um, the active website is is alishalyons.com. But um, so the registration is on there. Uh, but I have a bit.ly code. And anyway, um, yeah, five week course is going to have um, parenting tools, but it's also going to do some of the inner work because, mm. um, you know, you can have tools in your toolbox, but um, without doing the inner work they're they're just tools they're mm-hmm. just and they work but they're there's children are watching the show they're not listening to the lecture so they're watching your beingness more than they're paying attention to what's coming out of your mouth mm-hmm. and so I like, I have mannerisms from my dad. I have mannerisms from my mom. Have you ever had somebody come up to you and be like, oh my gosh, you just made a face that looks exactly like your mom? Mm-hmm. You and, know? And such unconscious. Right. Like, so unconscious that, like, unconscious part of you that, like, takes over your expression. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so unconscious, learned so young. Yeah. So because and your mom didn't sit you down and say, Andy, I want you to make a face like this because I make a face like this all the time. Like that's right. not, that's not where you learned it. Right. 
Right. Yeah. And I love the phrase, oh, I taught you better. Hell, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but you showed me this. Maybe you taught me, but you showed me this. This is what you, you know? showed me. This is what yeah. I learned. This is what I learned. Um, What was I? And, Go ahead. Yeah. So the five-week course is, is um, five Thursdays in a row starting the 19th of October. And it's there. It's two hours in a, in a, um, the, the school is uh, St. Martin of Tours in um, in Los Angeles, and it's a Catholic school. Um, but we're just using we're using the space. the The principal there is uh, phenomenal, and she's opened it up to uh, using the space for and 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 she's opened it up to the public. Um, so we're there, you know, for her parents, but it's it's open to the public too, and it's amazing and. Um, and the five week course is is four ninety seven, uh, which is nothing <laughs> compared to the value um, of what you're getting between between Melanie and I and all of our experience and all the courses that we've taken and so on. Yeah, I mean, you've got decades of experience between the two of you, and I mean, all the work that that you've done over the years—it's fantastic. I agree that that's very, very, very reasonable and so worthwhile. I think it's wonderful that you're taking a lot of what has existed in the online space as you mentioned before and as I mentioned this morning um a lot of our personal development has lived here in the online space so it's nice to see it going out into the world and people that may not have had access I found my first you know really the first life coach I ever knew and, and you kind of know the story of him I found him on the internet and I found him just by happenstance. And I didn't have that kind of access in my physical regular world. Like I knew a certain type of person in my physical regular world because you typically know people who are like you. So the people that are in the world that are like you, you look around, you, you're the makeup of the five to six people closest to you. So to have people that are doing this rich, powerful work come into the community, like in a school or whatever develops from here. And to be able to do this, it's going to give a whole group of people an opportunity to experience this magic that a lot of us are practicing here online that you wouldn't just find. Like you're mm -hmm. not going to just find it because your algorithms are working with your current interests. They're not working with what is the best for you. <laughs> like it's, I mean, I've had a guest on the podcast that would say that, you know, they would disagree and say that the universe might be helping us out a little. And to an extent it is, but you're pretty much seeing what you're looking for. Right. So it's, it's cool. It's way cool. Yeah. I've just side note. I was talking about mushroom coffee with, with my nail lady a week ago and I shit you not an hour later, I had an email in my inbox was it for rise the exact for rise for the exact I, I knew it the exact product that she was talking about and i was like i've i didn't google it i didn't i didn't sign up for this email list what the hell is nah, happening it's it they're always listening let me tell you i get those i get the ads for rise all the time because i have Right now, I have a terrible, terrible, terrible gut inflammation. It's my fault. There's reasons for it. Um, I'm 
I'm going to clean it up. It's a lot of it has to do with my living situation at the moment. But every day there's these ads of these beautiful Gen Z women showing off their what looks to be pregnant bellies. And I'm like, yes, I know I have gut inflammation. I know. Please don't give me another ad for Rise. <laughs> I just know. Maybe I should buy the Rise. Like maybe I should just buy it. You know. I mean, I got a 10% coupon for you. Um, <laughs> I was thinking of, I mean, I was thinking about it because, you know, I, I'm into trying different things, but, um, you know, a girlfriend of mine used to be a pharmacist and during the pandemic, she was, um, depressed and didn't want to go on pharmaceuticals, which just screams volumes to me. Um, and so she came up with a concoction and you saw me, uh, creating my tea this morning. And this concoction really helped with like her metabolism, um, it reduced her sugar cravings and uh, suppressed her appetite and all kind like, but it also, it, it's an anti-inflammatory. It helped with her depression and her brain fog and all kinds of stuff. And she lost 80 pounds. Oh, wow. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. You know, I have my own opinions. I just laughed at the way that you said that earlier, but I have my own uh, opinions about Western you know, the Western way that we do medicine. So it's, it, that's be, that's good for her. Good for her. If she's listening. Yeah. Kudos to you. Yes, for sure. And, you know, and I, I, so I drink that in the morning and I, it, it's got me off coffee and, um, and not on purpose. Like I wasn't like, well, f- screw coffee. I'm quitting. It was like, I don't need it. I have energy without it. And I drank Starbucks because Starbucks is like, what I do when I'm on a road trip and I don't live in LA. I live in Fresno, which is a three and a half hour drive. Um, so on my road trip, I go and I get Starbucks and I was so wired. I bet. Like I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep very well. I was like, why? Oh, I drank coffee. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is that we have those natural chemicals that wake us up in the morning. And then when we start drinking coffee, our body stops producing them because it knows the coffee's coming. It's like opponent process theory. So it's, it's such an people who drink coffee are tired in the morning until they drink their coffee. And people who aren't don't drink coffee in the morning, wake up naturally because your body's like, hi, it's time to wake up. Here's the chemicals. And it's just a fascinating kind of thing. Uh, I drink coffee. I've switched to dark roast, which is much lower in caffeine. And when I go to my mother's to visit, they drink this light roast Maxwell House. (laughs) Straight straight (laughs) out of the 80s. And I'll have a cup of that and I'll be like, (laughs) like want to sing the hamster dance. It's so highly caffeinated, you know. Um, So where were we? We were talking. We got off track, but really, I mean, it's. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I I was talking about the five week program. Um, and uh, my my mom guilt book is coming out again, um, with additional content. So, um, and a new name actually, it's called Mom Guilt Rules. Uh, ditch mom guilt and find your happy. Ooh, yeah. we gotta get a link for that when no, it comes. Did I out. say mom guilt rules? It's it's good mom rules. Ditch good mom, mom rules. Guilt. Good mom rules. Ditch mom guilt and find your happy. Yeah, it's um, it's in it's 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 being beautified on the inside. What's that called? It's being formatted. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> being yeah. beautified. 
if everybody if everybody just knew all of the i'm just gonna go ahead and say it because my filter my filter is going out the window more and more every day everybody knew all the bullshit we gotta do to make things look pretty (laughs) there's so much that comes into it you know Mm -hmm. but thankfully there are very talented people that are out there to help so kudos to them my friend from high school that is, or not high school, but from uh, college that got her degree in graphic design or whatever it is that she did, <laughs> whatever her degree is, she's done more on my website in two days than I've done in two months. God love her. And, like, <laughs> I, 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 and, and this woman, God bless her soul. I was like, well, you had me at website but she's also going to do like flyers and stuff. And I was like, you had me at website. What do we pay you? And she goes, can Melanie please coach me? I need help with my son. And I was like, sold. Amazing. That sounds like a great, <laughs> great, great price. She and I love the barter system. I love the barter system so much. And I said, and I will send you people. Cause I know a lot of coaches that are getting started and they don't have $5,000 to spend on website copy And, you know, no offense to anybody that does that. There's, you know, there are, there are clients enough for all of us and we can charge whatever we want. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, as I was talking about this a lot with um, a couple of different people that I've been doing work with lately is about, we're all divine threads really. And we're all performing a specific function and that's important to know, you know, like we're all, I don't want to like bring it back to Ram Dass, but we're all walking each other home. Damn it. I mean, you can't just ignore, he didn't say, damn it. I did. You can't just <laughs> ignore, you know, one area and then another area. I mean, it all fits together so beautifully. So yeah, I, I have really enjoyed, um, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up, we got a couple minutes yet, but I've really enjoyed having you here to talk about this because I really have not had anybody on the podcast to talk about moms because I am not a mother and I have to just say this is that I I wrote down this word and I'm going to look to see where the hell it is yes this is the word that I wanted to say it is courageous to be a mother like it is one of the most courageous things that you can do and I have thought that you know when I first started coaching I was I was genuinely afraid. I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to lead or help moms. I was like, I'm just going to coach single women. Well, that's not how it goes. Most of the women that I've you know, worked with have had kids. There have been some that haven't. And it's not that it's something that hasn't worked out. I mean, you know, but because we're still doing the inner work, like in the inner work is what's important. I think that there is a special and sacred place for this specific area. And it's so necessary. And it's such a, and I think that in Western society lately, lately, meaning the last, since the 60s, since women's liberation, really, this idea of it's more noble to be a career woman. It's more noble to go be a CEO. It's more noble to, and I don't know where that rhetoric came from. Essentially, the patriarchy told us that we should be men and we're not. And wanting to be a better parent, wanting to be a better mother, wanting to, that's such, it's so noble. It's so courageous. It's so courageous to guide a human through life 
And I admire everybody that does it. I think that it's fantastic. I think if anyone's listening and you're experiencing mom guilt or you're having, um, I don't know, any, any internal conflict about your, about your parenting whatsoever, like, please do reach out to Alicia because she's one of the most compassionate people that I've, I've met particularly in, in this subject. So I just wanted to say that and, and express my gratitude to you for coming and talking about your work on the show. And uh, as we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like anybody to know or, or you'd like to talk about anything else? I, I'm opening it up to you. Yeah. The, the thing that was um, present to me is how I didn't want to be a mom for 10 years of my life. Like I loved kids. And then at 16, I spent way too much time with them one summer and I was like, yeah, I don't want kids. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and then biology and love changed my mind. Um, and it took it, it took 18 months for, for me to get pregnant with my son. And, um, and that gave me a compassion for women who want to be moms and can't or struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I've been a surrogate three, four times. Um, my, the twins that I birthed in December of last year, they are, they both, they're 20 pounds each. Now I got pictures of them yesterday. Um, but I, I just, it's interesting to me that we're being programmed out of being a mom, out of being like this and and into being a good worker or, or whatnot. Um, Sometimes I feel like I I would have thrived in the fifties because that was like the height of like, you know, two kids, picket white fence, stay at home mom. Like, I mean, you worked in Mary Kay for I did. how many years? I mean, we were just right. talking about this this morning about that image of, of the, the in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, go ahead. No, you, 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 this is so I good. Tried. No, I just, um, yeah, I think I brought that up just to, to plug my, my, uh, my other book that's going to come out shortly after the mom book, but it's my surrogacy journey book. <laughs> Alicia's been a surrogate four times twins the last time twins and you and i were recording a podcast during that which i which i still have and those episodes will be released at some time in the future date i can promise everybody that i don't know when but they will be but they will i had a thought about how i could help this morning so i'll tell you that offline but for um. sure (laughs) i do want to say though like that was one of the most the thing that you said about I'm not in labor today when you were like really pregnant. (laughs) Like, how are you getting through it? I'm not in labor today. I'm not in labor today. It was, it was the fear of giving birth that I was, that I was using that because it was, I, 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 I've always done natural birth and without drugs and, um, and my favorite thing of, is when it's over 
<laughs> you know, it's like the, the head comes out, the shoulders come out and it's like, it's a pop. And then the rest of the baby just blah, 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 like slithers out. Right. <laughs> so do you have men listening? Cause sorry. <laughs> uh, no. Listen, they got to know if you want right? to fuck around in there, you gotta, you gotta hear about this. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that feeling after the, the shoulders popping out is like, it, it's like the most intense feeling you could ever feel. <laughs> and then the most, the most immediate relief. And, but when there's two of them in there, it's like, you got to do it again. And I, I grew up watching friends and she had triplets and she's like, I already had a baby. Leave me alone. And I'm like, I know that's how I'm going to feel. Is Was that how you felt? Baby. Leave me alone. Was it how you felt? It's always how I feel. Uh, so after, no, I, so after I ended the first up having, one. no, I ended up having a C-section. Right, 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 yeah. right. So, I remember but, now. But I didn't want to have a C-section either. So I was like, could we just teleport the babies out? Like, that's my option. If we just, because, and the to me, the worst idea would have been, or the worst possibility would have been one baby and then C-section. That's that, my brothers. My yeah. brothers are twins. I think you knew that. And my first brother was born. And then three hours later, my mother had to have a C-section for my second, for the second yeah. and I, whoa, and, that and poor woman. You can hate me if you want, but my longest birth was three hours. And so I, I'm like, I got about three hours in me. So make this go like, I please don't like healing. They both take healing, but healing in both places at the same time. No, thank you. So it, it did end up being, it was actually interesting. It was semi-emergency C-section. Like we were at, I don't know, six o'clock in the afternoon the day before we were like, I think we're going to have the babies tomorrow. How's nine o'clock in the morning? And we we're like, sign me up. I'm good. Let's go. And then um, there was some heartbeat stuff happening. I think that the babies were in distress and mm -hmm. uh, they're like, yeah, how about midnight? And we were like, okay. <laughs> Like, and then it ended up being two o'clock. They were born at two twenty-two in the morning. At the end of twenty-two, right? They were born in at December twenty-two. December twenty-eighth, uh, twenty twenty-two at two twenty-two in the morning. It wouldn't have been great if it was six days earlier. Two twenty-two. Uh, <laughs> right. I tried. I tried really hard. Trust me. I was trying. I wanted to be home for Christmas, but I wanted to be done. Um, but the twenty-eighth was was the day, and they um oh my water broke right after the epidural mm. so those babies were coming either way and their way uh, they were ready they were ready well i i have all of the i mean if the what was what was the word that i wrote down courageous and i'm gonna <laughs> say it again if there has ever been um a word that resonates with me for motherhood especially for surrogacy repeat surrogacy surrogacy with twins i mean just so much alicia i have all the all the all the love 
Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Everyone listening, uh, I will put all of the information in the show notes for everything Alicia has coming up. And yeah, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for asking me. I'm honored to be your first uh, person talking about mom stuff. Always an awesome conversation with Alicia Lyons. Thank you so much for being here again, Alicia. Please check the show notes for everything that we mentioned in this episode, especially Alicia's new book, Good Mom Rules, Ditch Mom Guilt, and Find Your Happy, which officially launches November 7th. I will be back very soon with another episode of View from the Roof. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Stay beautiful. I'm Andy Scarantino. I'll be back real soon. Bye.